the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program was pre-recorded, and the views expressed do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Get ready to take notes because school is now in session. Tackling the biggest issues in education, this is Education America. Save the classroom, save the country. Here are your hosts, Headmaster Rebecca Hagstrom and co-host Abigail Johnson. Welcome to Education America, where we are working to save the classroom so that we can save the country. Join the conversation. K-12 education is the playing field where the battle is on for the future of our country. And as the 16th president, Abraham Lincoln, so succinctly stated, the philosophy of the schoolroom in one generation will be the philosophy of government in the next. And we are seeing that play out right before our very eyes and how pertinent that um, statement is for the topic that we're going to be covering today. And of course, I am joined again with my co-host, my new wonderful co-host, Abigail Johnson. Wonderful to be here. And you are absolutely right. This topic that we are going to talk about today is really interesting. I think that parents especially should be listening and paying attention. Um, Some of it is a little bit weedy. It's a little bit Mm -hmm. detailed. We're going to try to just really do a nice, succinct summary of it. But the most important thing is to realize that the topic that we're going to discuss today that Rebecca is going to intro will affect every single teacher in every single school in the state of Minnesota. That's right. And so what we're going to be talking about today is the new Minnesota State Teacher Licensing Standards and Rules. And this is something that's actually been underway for the last three years. And I think it's been overshadowed by all the emphasis on the social study standards. And um, this has just recently been to light, and we're already at the point where it's supposed to go to a, a law judge, administrative law judge. But before we get into that, I want to ask that Abigail spend a little bit of time just giving a little introduction to how we got here. Absolutely. So yes, as I said in the intro, this is can be potentially a really boring topic if if we were to let it, which it won't be a boring show today. Because neither of us are boring. Oh, absolutely not. <laughs> However, you know, we are just going to talk about a little bit, you know, this, you know, you might be listening thinking state licensure standards for teachers. Come on. What, yeah. Why is this important? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, back in 2017, the state teaching board was dissolved and was recreated as the PELSB. Board. Now, if you do not speak acronym, I'll go ahead and say what And the that state means. is very good at creating acronyms. Yes, lots Make of acronyms. It harder to understand what they're talking about. need a full dictionary just to understand mm-hmm. what in the world they're talking about yep. here. So the PELSB board is the Professional 
Educators Licensing and Standards Board. Mm -hmm. And what is, you know, if you can infer from that name, it means every single teacher who wants to be licensed to teach in the state of Minnesota needs to go through these approved standards Mm -hmm. by this board. Mm -hmm. Um, One thing that is really something that I think we'd like to chat about during Mm -hmm. this time is to really emphasize to parents that this board is not elected. Right. They are not, we cannot affect their appointment uh, through school boards, not through the state of representatives or the Senate. They are elected, they are appointed Mm -hmm. by the governor. Right, which is exactly the way, for those of our listeners who've heard us talk about the social studies standards revisions, um, it's the exact same way. They are appointed, they're an appointed body, and in the case of the social studies standards, um, many of those people were not even experts in history. I think there was only one history professor in all, I think, 24 of the people that rewrote those standards. So um, we have similar situation here with the um, licensure uh, board is that they are um, uh, promoted by the governor himself. And so we know that um, some of the same ideas and values that we see in the social studies standards are what we're seeing at the level of the teacher licensure rules. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So um, these, this process that we're discussing now actually began in 2019 to update the teaching standards. So this has kind of been slowly moving through the ad- very boring administrative process mm-hmm. for several years now, mm-hmm. um, about to become a finalized product. Uh, this May, uh, it it is moving through its fourth and final draft. Mm -hmm. And then later in August um, will be kind of the final rulemaking step to put this into action. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's really important, just like Rebecca stated here, that, um, you know, these are basically unelected, unaccountable to the voter, um, you know, people in charge setting standards that literally will affect anyone who wants to become a a licensed teacher in the state of Minnesota so it's it's really interesting. Mm-hmm. Right. And so one of the things that we want to talk about with respect to this is, you know, what is different about this? Why is it concerning? And uh, one of the things that we really want to focus on is not only the content of what's in these new standards, but then what did they remove mm-hmm. uh, to replace these with? And um, I think that's almost as telling as what the new standards are. And another thing to keep in mind is that teacher licensure, you know, that supersedes everything. So even if, for instance, let's say the social studies standards weren't approved by the administrative law judge coming up when they're going to be reviewed, which I think they might be getting reviewed in August also. Mm. Um, But people are so concerned about the second or the sorry, the fifth strand um, that has been added that incorporates a lot about um, gender studies and um, equity and diversity, even though that's also interwoven throughout all the other strands as well. Um, But this would really supersede that. So this teacher licensure ruling would, would make it such that every teacher needs to do what this licensure rules says they must do in order to be a licensed teacher, which means it almost doesn't matter. I mean, obviously it does still, but it almost doesn't matter how these other subject matters standards play out because 
if those are all embedded in the teacher standards, yep. well, then that's how a teacher is supposed to teach. Mm-hmm. And we have a lot of ramifications about that then. So let's talk about what is in the standards. Absolutely. Um, do you have some things that you'd like to share first? Sure. And I okay. think that, you know, as we were going through this, you know, we thought it was really interesting. And, the, you know, the best way to see what's in it is to read it. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I'll, I'm just going to kind of go through and give some of the bullet points. I won't do all of them, but mm-hmm, there mm-hmm. are a number of them that I think most people are going to find really, really interesting that this clearly is a huge priority yes. for this board, that this board thinks that these are the things that this is what kids should be learning in school day in and day out and be right. focused on. Yeah. So um, one, uh, it, uh, teachers must understand multiple identity formation, mm-hmm. multiple identity and formation, which means they must identify which identity group a student belongs to, mm-hmm. the scale of power assigned to each identity group, and how their identities intersect. Um, mm-hmm. Another you know, way to phrase this is they're going to focus on intersectionality. Right. I'm sure many of you listening are very familiar with that phrase, maybe even rolling your eyes thinking, oh, my gosh, <laughs> I'm so tired of hearing, hearing about that this. word. Right. So right. obviously that's one of the big things in here. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Another is to incorporate SEL, another fun acronym mm-hmm. um, in education. It, it's talking about social and emotional learning. One of those phrases that on the outside sounds really great. And then when you delve into the details, it's once again really dividing students by mm-hmm. various identity groups. Mm-hmm. So again, we're really focusing on really dividing students rather mm-hmm. than finding commonalities exactly. within students. Mm-hmm. Um, understand systematic trauma, including racism, micro and macro aggressions, medical fragility. And also teachers will be required to use culturally responsive strategies and resources. So those are a, a few a few of them. I don't know if you mm-hmm. want to add any others. Yeah. Well, and I want to just kind of play out a little bit more on what you just said. So within the context of the revisions themselves, under standard two learning environments, um, letter D, it says the teacher fosters an environment that ensures student identities such as race, ethnicity, national origin, language, sex and gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, physical development, emotional ability, socioeconomic class and religious beliefs are historically and socially Um, contextualized, affirmed, and incorporated into a learning environment where students are empowered to learn and contribute as their whole selves. So not only does that name about 15 things, I'm thinking to myself, how in the world is a teacher supposed to do all of this? Oh, right. I mean, they're supposed to be teaching a math lesson. They're supposed to be teaching a reading lesson. They're supposed to be teaching a science lesson, but they're supposed to foster an environment that ensures student identities race, ethnicity. I mean, that list goes on and on and on. But then it also says affirm. So Mm -hmm. let's talk a little bit too, and I don't want to get too far off of what's in it, but let's talk a little bit about the teachers themselves, their religious expression, their religious freedom. Are they now required as part of licensure to teach something that they don't actually believe? And we're seeing some of this happening already, Mm -hmm. and teachers are having to decide, am I going to continue teaching or am I going to have to leave? the? And I've actually talked to teachers who have decided I can't stay 
in in teaching right now, especially in a public school realm where they're required to do this. Um, but how in the world do we expect people to have to set aside their religious views in order to get licensed to teach? Mm-hmm. You know, absolutely. Um, it just seems it seems so wrong. Another one. Um, that says under, again, standard two learning environments, letter C, the teacher understands that relationship-based, culturally affirming, and proactive approaches to behavior are more likely to lead to improved student outcomes than exclusionary practices. Now, that all sounds kind of okay until you think about the story that we had with Aaron um, Benner, Aaron who came Benner. on, who was a black teacher in the St. Paul Public Schools, and after the Pacific Education Group came in as a consulting firm and they wanted to use culturally affirming and proactive approaches to behavior, just like the standard says. But what that meant in the actual day-to-day How classroom. How did that play out? In fact, why don't you refresh yeah. the listener's memory? Because that was an excellent show. I remember listening to it, but it was a little while ago. Yeah. Can you maybe refresh what happened right. in that situation when those practices were incorporated on the ground? Yeah. And not only there, but all across in many different school districts across the state and nation, by the way. Um, so the way it plays out is that the students, when they're misbehaving, cannot be told you can't do that or that's wrong. If you're if you're speaking out, if you're talking back, then often the 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 culturally affirming approach is to say, well, that's part of their culture. So what mm-hmm. he said was that when kids started just being disrespectful, they were running in and out of the classroom, they were fighting, all of that in the name of being culturally affirming. They could not discipline. The other part of that, the way that played out is that you couldn't have more suspensions or more office visits in one group, culturally, cultural group than another. So in other words, you couldn't have more black kids in the office or in suspensions than you could have white kids. Even though as a black teacher, Aaron was frustrated because he could see that the students were not being given the tools they needed to be successful in life. They need to be taught discipline. Mm-hmm. And yet these culturally affirming approaches to discipline all they do is lead to more of that behavior, mm-hmm. more chaos, and then also obviously less learning because it's such a chaotic environment. How can you possibly learn? Absolutely. And I think that that's a really good thing to point out. As I was reading through these, and we may need to go and read through a few more of these yes. just so that everyone yeah. can get an idea of. But when I was reading through these, I thought, where's the math? Right. Where's the writing? Where's the phonics or other reading methodologies? Where's the history? Yep. What? Wh- how in the world, just like you said, Rebecca, how in the world is any teacher supposed to teach math, reading, history, science, mm-hmm. chemistry, and hit all of these right. things in a day? My goodness. I mean, we know that teachers are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, they truly have superpowers, but I'm not sure even the most superpowered teacher could accomplish everything on that list. Maybe we should go through and see if there's anything else that's really interesting on this list. Yep, yep, exactly. And before I do that, I want to point out, too, that in the old standards, Abigail, one of the standards that was removed was the standard number one called subject matter. (laughs) So to your point, If you read through, this is on page 23 of the 89-page document. It is all crossed out, every bit 
of the subject matter item is crossed out. Now, they will say, well, yes, we reduced the number of standards from 124 to 71, and we incorporated it. But if you read the new standards, you don't see anything about content, exactly like what you're saying. Mm -hmm. The subject matter is not there. I Mm -hmm. saw one sentence about reading and dyslexia, and that's it. Oh, gracious. Um, so, yes, but what you do see, here's another example. Under, uh, let's see, standard number four, planning for instruction, you see under letter H, the teacher creates opportunities for students to learn about power, privilege, intersectionality, and system- systemic oppression in the context of various communities and empowers the learners to be agents of social change to promote equity. So, you know, parents, if you have... Your school district telling you, we don't teach critical race theory. Um, what you need to do is talk to them about the new licensure rules and talk about the new social studies standards because it is embedded throughout all of um, those standards, both both sets, actually. And Rebecca, if you can I just you mentioned in that last um, section there um, talking about equity mm-hmm. and I, I know we are all, we have heard this ad nauseum, but sometimes it's really helpful to just take a step back and, and redefine it because, mm-hmm. boy, don't we all, don't we all want things to be fair? Yeah, we, we do. do don't right? we? Don't. I mean, yeah. I have a number of kids and boy, you know, most of my life is refereeing. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't fair. Someone got this. So when you hear equity, you think, well, I mean, I don't that know. That's, kinda that's good. okay. So mm-hmm. I just want to mm-hmm. real mm-hmm. quick go through the definition of equity, which means It measures outcomes by identity groups, not by individuals. Mm -hmm. It means that all identity groups must have equal outcomes. So, you know, I just, again, we'll we'll bring it back to like the very micro level in the family. All right, in your family, um, you know, you think about maybe your siblings that you grew up with. So you grew up in the same house, same parents, um, whatever the socioeconomic status was, it was the same for all the kids in Mm -hmm. that family. you know, and then you think about as you grew older, yeah, was there equity? Was it was it the exact same outcome? Because right. in theory, according to this, it should be. Mm-hmm. You all started in the same place. You had the same access to or lack of resources, yeah. whatever it was. So everyone should end up in the same place, right? Right. right. Don't you think that sounds <laughs> Rebecca? Doesn't that sound well, like how real many life? times? How many times did my kids say that's not? fair. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, that's what we hear from um, people. But but I agree with you, Abigail. I think it's really important for our listeners to know that obviously we want every child to be given the greatest opportunity at an yes. education. The point we're really making here is that this isn't the way to do it. Absolutely. And you have groups like the Five Black Women in the Exodus who are crying out. You have Kendall Qualls crying out and saying, Critical race theory, this whole equity notion doesn't work. It actually lowers the standards because if you're not going to discipline kids because you're going to use culturally, um, cultural practices um, to, to discipline, which means you don't discipline because in the name of culture, that's the way it is in their culture, that's not holding kids to a high standard. That's not holding kids to a bar that they can then succeed when they graduate from high school. And same with all of this learning. If you're going to divide by identity groups, they're going to be so focused on that, like mm-hmm. you say, point out, they can't take the that's time to That's all teach. you're going to have time to do yeah. is think about how we're different. How Well, what are the things that this person has that I don't have? And I mean, now, again, we are all guilty right. of, you know, feeling frustrated with 
it's it is so easy to look at the next person and say you look over at the the yard next to yours or wherever you say the grass is greener mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. absolutely that is common to man i think philosophers have been trying to deal with this since you know Adam and Eve, Cain, Cain and Abel, really. <laughs> Cain it only and took Abel, one, there we go. It took one generation yes, yes. for humankind to yeah. start wrestling with, hey, someone else has it better than me. Right. Hey, God, why didn't you bless me the way you blessed him? Um, and yet we do need to recognize that, um, you know, cultivating gratitude and mm-hmm. thankfulness and helping and providing adults in in children's lives that can help them see See the value of hard work. See the value of striving. And mm-hmm. that may mean you still may not get as far as the next guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, our listeners can't see, uh, but I actually am quite small. <laughs> I will. I could. I could practice basketball sixteen hours a day. I would never be drafted by the Lakers. Never mm-hmm. once. It will not happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so realizing, but that doesn't mean it's not worth striving. You know, to achieve what it is that you know mm-hmm. that my non six foot four body can achieve <laughs> non six yes. four non six uh, four i don't we'll think you're even that. five four are Maybe you not. <laughs> anyway moving on moving on so rebecca you had talked about some of the things that were in these standards was there anything yes. else that was removed from yeah. these standards that you you wanted yeah. to discuss that was important yes um well the next the other item that i saw that was removed is um this whole section on stand uh sorry on um, student learning. And again, all the old standards talk about the way kids learn so that teachers need to um, learn ways of making sure that the students are able to learn. So, you know, assess both individual and group performance, use a student's strengths as a basis for growth. Um, these are all crossed out now. Um, understand Wait how Wait a minute, students- you're saying they're crossed out? Because those sound Those like are excellent old, things right. to do to help kids learn. Yep. And here's another one that I think is very important for our listeners to understand. They crossed out under standard two, um, student learning A, understand how students internalize knowledge and acquire skills. In the new standards, they say, understand how students create knowledge. So we are talking about a very different understanding of what is student learning, mm-hmm. um, because in a postmodern world, we don't believe that we are teaching kids information from the past. We are creating new information on the basis of the experience of these various groups. Mm-hmm. And so they very specifically crossed out any references to internalizing knowledge, and it's all been changed over then to uh, the creation then of knowledge, which is very different. It's <laughs> right? very different. And because unfortunately, it's about experiences. everything that we're reading, I'm going, that doesn't seem all that important to learn in the classroom. This, mm-hmm. I mean, I think as parents are listening to this, they're going, wait a minute, that's I, I sent my kid to school to learn math. I they act, they yeah. really need to understand what two plus ten is, and they they really yeah. don't right now. Yeah. Um, and th- so what you're telling me is is so everything that we've been reading off has been added, and yet you know these standards that you just read that actually talk about we need to figure out each individual child, yep, how they learn and how to take their individual gifts and talents and channel that to help them learn to the best of their ability that has been crossed off? Yes. 
And in the interest of, inst- well, they would still say that you should look at how a child, um, you know, whether they're maybe a visual learner or an auditory learner. But what they're saying is that the perspective of the learning is it's now going from passing on of knowledge to constructing knowledge on the basis of your identity group. Hmm. So again, it's more of the division. Well, and I mean, I know, I know young kids and if there's anything that they're good at, it's constructing it's constructing stories. Now, mm-hmm. these stories are not accurate, nor would I you know, want to use these stories as a basis for any sort of fact or reality. It's great for the imagination. But mm-hmm. is it, do you think that contributes to meeting educational excellence? Do I think what really? Construct, constructing your own oh, shoes? No, your- no. I mean, this is the problem because what they're doing is, you know, there is a lesser emphasis now on scientific methodology and how to actually do research where the whole emphasis is on reasoning and logic. And um, the idea is that even if doing research that leads to some type of an outcome, if that disagrees with an experience, a learned experience, that's the word they often use, of an identity group, then the research is less important than that learned experience of that identity group. Mm -hmm. We see this with the whole um, transgender uh, community. You know, this is something that has been well pointed out and established in research that there is a lot more mental health. um, There are a lot more mental health issues with respect to um, transgender and kids changing their bodies so quickly at young ages. Um, And yet... Um, that's ignored and the excuse is, well, people just don't accept them. And that's why there's the mental health issues. When in all reality, I mean, this has been something that has been thrust upon schools and staff and teachers and hospitals where they are accepted. Mm-hmm. And so um, yet you still see this research playing out, but that that is not ex- as important as the learned experience of the person. Mm-hmm. So I know we are talking about teacher licensure rules here, and it is, it's, it, there's a lot here. And I would encourage our listeners to actually go to the Department of Education website and look up these standards for themselves. And we'll probably put a link to them at our website, savetheclassroom.com, mm-hmm. so that you can read the 89 page document. And the first part is definitions, but then you really can see everything that's been crossed out from the old standards and then what it's been replaced with. And these do apply to all licensed teachers, even early childhood, even adult ed. Um, So this isn't just K-12 licensed teachers. This is the whole gamut. And uh, teacher preparation programs, I'm not sure how they're going to deal with this because I would imagine that some of the Christian universities who train teachers are now having to look at these licensing requirements and saying, okay, how are we going to deal with this then? How Mm -hmm. do we prepare our teachers but stay within the confines of the values of our organization? And so one and, you know, in light of that, I think that, you know, um, you know, hopefully people can go to the website, they can check out these notes. But one one final just quick takeaway, um, Mm -hmm. particularly for parents or for grandparents that have kids in schools is to help them understand that, um, you know, more and more you hear things like, well, 
my child is in a, is so far, you know, some of these issues that or values that our family is not comfortable with. You know, we haven't experienced that yet. We have, mm-hmm. you know, have had a really good run with either the the school administration or the teachers. Um, you know, I would just encourage families to be very, very proactive and very aware that even teachers that maybe um, want to hold more traditional mm-hmm. values and teach those in the classrooms, that their ability to be flexible and and teach those things are more and more becoming constrained. So please just be aware of that. Yep. Everyone that has kids in, you know, in schools. Yep. That's, that's a good way for us to end our show. Abigail, that's a great point. And uh, we do encourage you to go to our website, savetheclassroom.com so that you can learn more about this. We'll be posting the standards. We'll also be posting a letter from the FAIR organization in response to those standards. And we'll also be posting an article from the City Journal that talks about some of the results of these types of um, uh, equity policies and how it's affecting kids and teenagers in our schools today. So we're so glad that you joined us today. And Abigail, I have loved doing our first content-related show with you. And uh, we do encourage our listeners to go to our podcasts also at savetheclassroom.com. And we will see you all next week. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.